Shaletta Brundage is known as the autism mom, not just because she's got three kids on the spectrum, but because she's an advocate who works to educate and inspire other moms of kids with special needs. I am so excited to have my first video podcast for Taking Authority Over Autism. Welcome to all my autism moms and dads, and welcome to my special guest, Abba Basara from the Washington Post. Now, Abba, girl, when I saw your story in the Washington Post, I was like, I got to get her on the show because it's back to school time and parents who have kids with sensory issues we all know what this situation is like. You buy all these clothes and then you wind up coming home and for hours you are cutting off tags. You are putting a pile together because some have seams on them and, and you can't have the seams touching the kids. I got three with autism and I go back and forth to the store more than I would like when it's time to shop for clothing for my kids. And, and your story in the Washington Post, Ava, is all about no seams, buttons, or tags. Retailers are finally hearing our voice and rethinking back to school clothing for kids with special needs and disabilities who have sensory issues. How did you come about this story? You know, I've been seeing this percolate for a few years. We saw Tommy Hilfiger come out with an adaptive line four years ago, I think it was. And Target sort of followed and a few others have been making small incremental announcements. But I really saw a lot of retailers expanding their lines this year. And then even others like JCPenney getting into the game and realizing that there's a huge market here. And even kids that might not necessarily have sensory issues would love to have a shirt without tags or without right? seams. I mean, everybody benefits from that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, mean, have, I have two kids who are uh -huh. back and forth to the store because there's an itchy tag or the zipper is hurting and like, you know, something that works one week doesn't work the next week. And so it is a very frustrating trial and error, I think, for a lot of parents. And so what did you find with this story? Because it looks like it's going to be a billion dollar business. Uh, retailers are really having to change the way they think about kids clothing and what our kids are putting on and how our kids react to ties, uh, to, 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 to dyes and tags and seams and that kind of thing. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's really interesting looking at this from the two perspectives, because I heard about this movement from the retailers at the beginning, and they're sort of touting it as like, wow, look at this. We are just so inclusive. We found this huge solution, like you won't believe. And I was like, oh, this is great. And then I talked to the parents. I've talked to a few dozen parents, and they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, like maybe it solves one problem, but I still have 18 other issues that aren't being solved or are maybe being complicated. And so I think that's really the underlying issue here is that these are very complicated things. Um, people have very different needs and often retailers will try to come up with one adaptive line that addresses every need under the sun. And obviously that's not gonna work for everybody. Some people need you know, extra space for diapers in the leggings or pants for their children. And other parents yeah. told me that their kids, you know, maybe have sensory issues, but don't want to wear these adaptive pants because the crotch is really big and it it's made for a diaper and they don't wear diapers. They don't want to look yeah. different from their friends. So there are a right. host of different needs that I think there's a real need for building this out beyond just like a dozen pieces or whatever it is. But it is encouraging that retailers are dipping their toes. Um, a lot of them are making a 
to talk with parents and and the students themselves to see exactly what their needs are and they are trying to learn and adapt and you know there was a time where they didn't care uh, I know that, you know, when my, I got three kids with autism and when we started buying clothes and I started understanding that it was the tag and, and how much time it would take to rip the tags out. And then sometimes I would tear the clothes and then you can't take it back. And then I wound up spending money at, you know, Tom's Taylor in, in St. Paul, Minnesota. And, and, you know, they would have to readjust uh, the clothing for the kids so that they could be in school and not be bothered by something itching or scratching them. And I would send notes to, you know, the customer service line and they were like, yeah, yeah, we hear you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, you know, while they really do have a long way to go, at least they hear us. The parents that you talked to, were they just grateful that somebody would listen? A lot of them were. And they were like, you know, they, they were sort of at different points of this journey. Some of the ki parents with younger kids were like, you know, it never even occurred to me. I'm like running around with all of these medical appointments, with all of these therapy appointments. And like clothing was the last thing on my mind. I didn't even think that there would be things to make our lives easier. Um, and then on the flip side of that, a lot of the parents with older kids who are maybe 14 or 15 and are aging out of these children's lines are saying, well, these lines at Target were great, but now my kid is too big for them. And they just don't have them for adults. And so that's another yeah. big blind spot is that all of these retailers are focusing on school age children for the most part. And then beyond that, there's not a lot of variety. Yeah, because one of my best friends, her son had autism and she was the first person who explained to me what autism was. Um, and her son is now getting ready to be 17 years old and he's still in a diaper and he still needs that adaptive clothing. He still needs, like you said, that extra space. And so she's like, what about us? Because, you know, we like to think about autism and special needs as kids, small children who are going to kindergarten and first grade. But those kids are getting older and they're going to 10th grade and 11th grade. And, and, and we like to think about special needs as young kids. And whenever you see books or stories or you start talking, you see little kids, but those little kids get big of them. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so what are some of the things that they're doing to uh, address that in, in, in those issues that you found with, with the retailers that you talk to? So JCPenney, for one, is coming out with an adult adaptive line this fall. So they started with children over the summer and they're following that up. And I think that's pretty similar to what other companies are doing too. They're kind of dipping their toes in with the children. It's an easy market that they understand. You know, there's cute kids out there. Everybody needs back to school clothes. So it's a good yeah. way to figure out exactly what the market is and then hopefully expand beyond that. Um, Tommy Hilfiger makes clothing for adults that's adaptive as well. And um, Zappos has really been expanding. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, for shoes and clothes. And they just sell dozens of brands of adaptive clothing it's they have a really cool website if you go to zapposadaptive.com you can see sort of they break it down by what needs you may have and then um, sort of lay it all out there so it's a very user-friendly experience for children and adults so i think we'll be seeing more of that now you cover retail for the washington post and we all know the bottom line is money I mean, you know, it's nice that they're doing all this, but, you know, it's not because they care so much about our special needs kids. It's really about the money. <laughs> you know, they always say, follow the money. And so we, when we're talking about dollars and cents, what, what are we talking about here for, for these companies? How much are they going to be making off our babies? So the estimates are that this year, companies will make $1 billion off of adaptive clothing and shoes. 
But companies, I mean, analysts think that market is much bigger. They say it could be bigger than $60 billion a year if retailers actually met the needs that are out there. Um, they note that one in four Americans has some sort of disability that they're struggling with. And mm -hmm. there's a huge market. And beyond that, like, you know, if if a mother is buying clothing at Target because she likes their adaptive options, she's likely buying a lot of other things there, too. And so it's yeah. a good opportunity to build loyalty. Yeah. And, and you know, I go where people support me. Um, I go where people recognize the struggles that I'm going through. If I got a choice between going to Target and Walmart and Target has adaptive clothing and Walmart does not, I, that's where I'm going. And you're right. If I'm there buying clothes for my kids, I may, you know, these stores now, girl, you can get mayonnaise, a TV, a jar of pickles, some chips and your school clothes all at the same spot. That's right. And actually, one thing that was really great to hear is that a lot of these companies are moving beyond just function. And they're saying the thing that they kept hearing from parents and the kids was that they want something funky and cool and trendy and fashionable colors. You know, they don't just want this same drab gray outfit. And brown. Yeah, the brown. Exactly. So we're starting to see brighter colors and graphic tees and like fun pants, things like that, which is also a good sign. Now, what's the one thing that you learned from the column when you were doing your research that really surprised you? You know, I think what was surprising to me was just how different these perspectives were. Like I said, I started talking with the retailers. And then when you talk to the parents, you realize that this is a much more complicated, much more nuanced issue that can't mm -hmm. just be solved with one clothing line. But it is a step in the right direction. So I think that point just kept getting hammered home the more people I talked to. And, you know, I know there's always constraints, you know, you've got 800 words, 8,000 words, you know, that you can't fit everything in. And you did such a great job with this piece. You talked to so many parents and so many retailers. What was the one thing that didn't make the column that you wish you would have been able to include? Oh, gosh, it's all a blur now because I can't even remember what made <laughs> it in and what didn't. There are so many great stories from parents that I talked to, so many great experiences that I had to end up cutting out. I mean, I think this actually did make it into the story, but one mother of an infant told me that, you know, like uh, she buys onesies. He has a port, like a, a tube in his stomach, so he needs an access mm -hmm. port. So she sometimes buys onesies that are very expensive that she said cost about $30 and have like the hidden openings. But it positions the tubes right in front of his little hands. And so the little toddler is like, oh, let me yank on these cords. And so there's a lot of a lot of examples like that. Every parent mm -hmm. had a story of something that, you know, seemed to solve the problem, but maybe actually didn't. Or maybe there was a little bit more that could have been done. Now, what did you learn um, from the story, from talking to parents and talking to retailers that you didn't know before? Because you cover retail, but this adaptive retail is something very new and very different. And it's going to be ever changing as society changes. It is. Absolutely. I mean, I was I was kind of floored by all of the different ways that retailers are looking at this, all of the um, solutions they've come up with. You know, there's magnets, there's Velcro, there's um, backpacks that latch onto wheelchairs. There are, you know, dresses with special um, sort of accessibility things. And it was just, it was just really nice to see all of these different ways that retailers are trying to address this market, even though it's tricky and they know that. Yeah. And, and, and just to let us know that you hear us, and that you care. Like I said, eight years ago, when I started calling about tags and who I could talk to and filling out the survey, because, you know, you get that receipt, you know, and if for me, I got 
four kids. And so the receipt is this long, girl. It's just like, ah, the big receipt. And so, you know, they tell you, take the survey on the end. And then you take the survey and you make all these suggestions. And, you know, you just, you know, you feel like it's falling on deaf ears. So to hear um, and see and read your story that somebody is listening and not just listening, but they're learning about our kids who have special needs and then they're doing something about it to make our lives better. Um, you know, because for me, as a parent, I, all I want to know is how's this going to help me? Um, how's it going to help me get through the day? How's it going to help my child? Um, how is it going to help my family? So I was just so excited uh, to see your story, Alba. And I'm so glad that you're my first guest on Taking Authority Over Autism. You know, I've been doing this podcast for a year and a half. I've got thousands of autism moms and dads that I mentor, who listen, um, who, you know, subscribe on Apple. But this is my actual first video uh podcast so i'm so glad you shared this moment with me awesome thank you so much this was really fun and thank all of my autism moms and dads out there for being here uh this week on taking authority over autism uh the podcast i'll be back next week because i'm going to continue doing these video podcasts and you know i'll always have a special guest some special information and something to share with you to make your lives better remember um things can and we'll get better. Don't ever lose hope. Always fun and informative, Shaletta's a big draw at autism conferences across the country. Find out how you can book her as a featured speaker for your next event at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com.